0: welcome to eat scripture this is eric and gina robinson we are continuing to go through the book of zechariah and it is being quite the uh, exciting little tour and we are seeing a lot of vision so far in the first few chapters of zechariah before we get started with that i'll just continue to tell our listeners out there feel free and be sure to go to eat if you want to see our website look at a few more resources Take a look at what we have going on and ways to donate to the ministry. That would be a fantastic place for you to help us as we go forward there. You can also make those donations through the podcast if you like. Uh, There are ways to do that available to you. So feel free to take advantage of those. As we continue to do this, what we really just love is walking through these books together and verse by verse, just taking it in and letting it soak into us. And so we will do that in an ongoing way through many books. Right now, we just happen to be in this particular Old Testament book of Zechariah, which doesn't get a whole lot of attention.
1: Uh, I don't think that I have ever actually studied Zechariah before. <laughs> and uh, it's proving to be very exciting. And I yes. love it. So,
0: Yeah. Which I think is what a, people will find about most of the biblical books that they yes. study, because uh, it's so often that both Gina and I can say when somebody asks us, what's your favorite Bible book? It's just so easy to say the one that I'm in right now. I Mm -hmm. mean, whatever that happens to be seems like the most exciting (laughs) thing that you've ever found in the Bible. So we are in Zechariah chapter 5 this week. And I just have to say, I find this to be (laughs) one of my favorite chapters right now. These two visions. Yeah. Yeah, it is exciting. Um, these two visions are just so captivating and strange, admittedly. I mean when we first see them and just as you're reading through this, if you haven't read Zechariah before and you come in like in chapter one and you just start reading and and you're seeing strange things almost immediately and things that seem weird. And Zechariah's visions begin very early in the book, chapter one verse 7. And then he has this string of eight visions, which we happen to be in the middle of still right now. And so that string of eight visions, Zechariah's first eight visions, is going to take us up to chapter six, verse eight. Today, we're going to look especially at visions number, what would be six and seven, which are both in chapter five. And these visions are strange for sure.
1: I just have to say that after our last two podcasts, I wasn't very excited about moving on because I was so excited about those
0: mm-hmm.
1: two chapters. And yep. then um, and I knew what was coming in five and yep. six, and I really was kind of dreading it because <laughs> it felt so weird to me. Right. And after doing some study on it, I'm excited. So yeah. Yeah. it just keeps opening uh, his word and yes. showing me beautiful things.
0: So awesome. He never I stops feel doing the same. Right. Yep. Never stops. I feel the same way. So whenever we're watching as chapter five starts, we're just remembering, okay, we're, we're really in the same group of eight here where we're just seeing these very interesting visions and remember that everything kind of is revolving around this whole idea of the remnant that has come out of captivity. And now they're back in palestine or israel um, and in that particular geographic location where the where most of them have never ever lived before because most of them are, are young enough that they didn't know what life was like back in israel they've been gone for a long time but as they've returned now the people of israel have, is starting to return to its homeland now they have to set up a temple they have to re-establish their own little government and get things going again and move forward and they've got a king figure in Zerubbabel who's going to be their prince or regent or however you want to say it uh, on their throne and then they've got their high priest figure in Yeshua or Joshua who we saw all throughout chapter 3 in that vision. So those two guys are kind of heading this work up and moving it forward. But the people kind of got stalled for a while. That's why God has called Zechariah and Haggai to come and speak strongly to you the kick people. Kick them in the and, pants to get this yeah. temple
1: built and get things back. Yep. Fix their mess.
0: Absolutely fix the mess. Yeah. So we're in the middle of those first eight visions. And like I said, we're about to read vision six and seven out of those eight so let's start with just vision six. Um, Gina, if you want to start reading for us in verse one through four, then of we'll talk a little five. bit about yep, uh, chapter, uh, no, it's five.
1: chapter five, but it's vision six. So
0: right, right, exactly. Okay. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Okay. Again, I lifted my eyes and saw and behold a flying scroll. And he said to me, what do you see? I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is 20 cubits and its width 10 cubits. Then he said to me, This is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole land. For everyone who steals shall be cleaned out according to what is on one side, and everyone who swears falsely shall be cleaned out according to what is on the other side. I will send it out, declares the Lord of hosts, and it shall enter the house of the thief and the house of him who swears falsely by by my name, and it shall remain in his house and consume it, both timber and stones."
0: Well, that is a strange vision, not unlike these strange things that we've been hearing all along. And this time it's of this giant flying scroll. Um, What a strange thing to see in a vision. And yet that's the very picture that we're shown uh, whenever he's looking up, however this is (laughs) happening to him um, and watching this scroll. So what of course is the import of this is our question what what's going on here why this why now what's happening these are the questions we're asking when we're coming to the text not just okay i read that it's simple to read over these and just just to read zechariah if i wanted to just read zechariah i might i would barely notice how weird that is maybe i would just be reading to get done okay another chapter done in my Bible reading and then move on. But I could not tell you the first thing about what is going on with this crazy.
1: I think that's where my mind would go on neutral because into, you know, just, I, it just seems too strange. And Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Zechariah doesn't understand. And he's saying, what, what is this? And I don't understand, but, um, definitely there is some real, um, Gold in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so just sitting with it for a little while is worth it.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, one of the first things we notice, he sees the scroll. First things that first thing it tells us about the scroll is its size. Its length is 20 cubits and its width 10 cubits,
1: which is about 10 yards by five yards. Right. It's huge. This is a giant scroll. Right. Um,
0: So, yeah, something that we need to to think about is just how big that would be so we're, we're looking at roughly you know cubit roughly in the 18 inch range so yes that would put it at just like gina said 10 yards by 5 yards that's a big scroll so nothing like any kind of normal size scroll that's huge this word is flying like it said i see this flying scroll well so. and
1: it's a scroll that's not as i read in one commentary it said Um, It's a scroll not rolled up in its case and stacked in the archives for use uh, by the priests and scribes. But it's flying open like a banner for Mm. all to read. And I really Mm. loved that. Yeah. Um, This is.
0: So it's like flying out over the land of Israel. Anybody, anybody can see this thing. It's
1: huge. Yeah. Everyone has to see it. Yeah. How could you not see it? Yeah. And it's right. open for everybody to read, and not just put away, get on yeah. dust somewhere, which gotcha. is what has been happening.
0: Yes, for for years, yeah. people haven't been connected to the law at all, right. been close to the law at all, um, known what it is. As a matter of fact, we'll find out in Ezra that they can't even read the Hebrew that the law right. was written in anymore. So, yes, that's the kind of just really we're cool cause talking he's, about.
1: Oh, he's opening it up to everybody now.
0: Yes. So and and we're going to find out too that it's written on both sides. So that's something that it says about the law itself in Exodus 32:15. It was written on both sides whenever Moses brought it down from the mountain when he was originally bringing it from God's presence. We'll find that out again about a scroll in Revelation 5, verse 1, that there's a scroll that's written on both sides. And that's the one that has the seven seals on it that the lamb has to break one at a time and and open up the scroll so that it can actually be read. And so both of those scrolls uh, are written on both sides. Here, this is written on both sides. So the very fact that it's written on both sides already is tying us back to that Torah scroll. And that's what a lot of people have questioned. Okay, what's on this scroll? Is it just very specific about what it says here, which would be judgment or condemnation of, on on the one hand, those who steal, Mm -hmm. and on the other hand, those who swear falsely? Or is that more of a
1: Summation. Way of
0: speaking generally about, yeah, the summation of the law itself. What's really important or how would you put it all down in very simple language for everybody to understand. That's This is the whole Torah we're talking about. This wouldn't be um, maybe a bad way to put it if you're just trying to summarize everything. Right. And and the reason being?
1: Well, that the first... The ones who steal—that mm-hmm. refers to how we treat other people.
0: Mm, okay.
1: And those who swear falsely mm-hmm. would uh, pertain to how we um, deal with God, how we okay
0: take His name right. wrongly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd have to do work. with our relationship with Him. Yes. Yeah. So
1: okay. Yes. Yeah, right. Which the is... law contains both. It's yes. Very clearly how we treat one another and how we um, honor god
0: right absolutely which is the very way that jesus himself is kind of uh (laughs) breaking down as it were the law uh even as he is asked about what the most important commandment is in the law he refers to deuteronomy chapter 6 and says the lord is one you shall love the lord your god with all your heart your soul your mind your strength and the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself and so that he puts those two things together and that really has to do with your relationship with god on the one hand and your relationship with your neighbor Mm -hmm. uh with your fellow man on the other and so you're saying that this could be
1: that it's all there a very similar way uh, way. I've also uh, there was also the concept that this is a covenant uh, document Mm -hmm. and so there are blessings when you do the right thing right and curses on the other side right or what happens when you don't obey, okay the laws and so I think both of those things are in play here
0: okay so, it could be a juxtaposition, too, of the blessings and the curses, which we also see as a major part mm-hmm. of how Deuteronomy is written, how Leviticus, uh, we see that in Leviticus as well, just this, to blessed versus being cursed, depending on what you do. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the people would be able to see that clearly in something like this. Um, and I, I just think
1: that pertains to, you know, this is the curse that goes out over the land. Yeah. And then being cleaned out according to.
0: Yes, Yes.
1: Um, what's on one side? What's, what's on the, the scroll?
0: Yeah, being cleaned out. Though this scroll is going to be how you Which know, could how also we know who to clean out. They could have
1: also said no. cut off.
0: Yes. Uh, so. Right. So there's definitely judgment coming. And it's according to what's written in this scroll. It's a 20, we've already said this, 20 cubit by 10 cubit scroll. The other place where we have those dimensions Hmm. talked about is in connection to the tabernacle itself. And that's in Exodus 26, 15 through 28, that the holy place, not the holy of holies, which is where the ark sat and only the ark. And you can only high priest can go in there once a year. But then there's the holy place. And in that, that's where all the priests do their daily work every day. They're just making sure that everything's in order constantly in there. That's 20 by 10, 20 cubits right. by 10 cubits. And that's the place where they do all that. So it's that's as if, yes, yes, yeah. So the this scroll right. is the same size as the holy place where the priests work. And here they are in the new land, supposed to be building a temple that will be look just like mimic, mimic that, the yeah. tabernacle, have those dimensions. And uh, and so here, here we have that coming out. It seems like maybe there's a connection that this is this size of this scroll kind of takes their mind back to, oh, like when you're holy and you're doing the right thing. You know the the dimensions are, are like that. Yes. So that's important, I think. Um, we're, also we Solomon's be sure, porch. But, and Solomon, there's a on porch the on yeah, exactly, porch of Solomon's temple, uh, and that's in First Kings chapter six, verse three, where he uses those same dimensions talk about when Solomon was building his temple. Those dimensions were connected to what he was building there. So
1: yeah. So how um, that plays in? Yeah. I think we don't really Hard know to all together.
0: But you can't help but wonder since they're building a temple here, that's one of the things they're supposed to be doing if, if the, the connection of being righteous and this scroll and God's word and now it's connected to the temple and all these things are coming together. So, But here it's going to go into the homes even of the evil, most evil people. This scroll is going to find its way, this word of God, as it were, is going to find its way into their homes and consume even, not just the people themselves, destroy the people, but consume even the house and the timber, the stones, everything that makes it up. I mean, it will just completely, in other words, destroy what is there. The word of God is powerful.
1: Well, and it says here that he, he says, I will send it out, declares the Lord of hosts. Yes. And it will enter the house of, so it's going to enter every house. Yes. So even the people who are here in charge mm-hmm. of um, making judgments and yes. upkeeping the law can't do that.
0: Right. They his, can't his, go everywhere that he His can word
1: go. is thorough. Yeah. And it will, he's in control. He will take care of all of this. It will all be okay.
0: Yes, and it's um, omnipresent, as yes. it were. There's nowhere it can't get. Yeah, absolutely. So, and the word is probably reminds me of Isaiah 55:11, where the word goes out from God mm-hmm. and accomplishes everything that he wants to yes. accomplish. It never returns to him void. So, here's his word going out into the world, and it will purge uh, even uh, all the evil it comes into mm-hmm. contact with that will destroy uh, as God has declared. So. In this
1: fire that earlier. Was protecting them. Right. Will also consume those who aren't.
0: Right. Yes. Even though the word fire is not used here, the idea of consuming a home, both timber and stones, sounds very much like the fire. And and, uh, so, yeah, in chapter two, that same fire that would protect... Is is the kind of thing that can consume everything too. Mm-hmm. So God God can be both protector and uh, and destroyer depending on the situation. Yes. Okay. So we probably ought to go ahead to the next yes, vision now. Yes, this is
1: great stuff too. Um, so.
0: And so um, we'll take a look at verse five uh, through verse eleven. Okay.
1: Then the angel who talked with me came forward and said to me, "Lift your eyes and see what this is that is going out." And I said, what is it? And he said, this is the basket that is going out. And he said, this is their iniquity in all the land. And behold, the leaden cover was lifted and there was a woman sitting in the basket. And he said, this is wickedness. And he thrust her back into the basket and thrust down the leaden weight on its opening. Then I lifted my eyes and saw and behold, two women coming forward. The wind was in their wings. They had wings like the wings of a stork. And they lifted up the basket between earth and heaven. Then I said to the angel who talked with me, where are they taking the basket? And he said to me, to the land of Shinar, to build a house for it. And when, it, when this is prepared, they will set the basket down there on its base. Okay.
0: Well, strange again, another weird vision. And this one too, just like our last one has to do, uh, connects us to that one we just read in the idea of getting rid of evil, Mm -hmm. really purging God's people of the evil that's among them. So in this particular vision, as strange as it is, I know a basket with a woman in it and then this woman... Um, it, it is the baskets covered with this lead cover so that she can't get out. And along come these other two ladies who have stork wings and they carry her off to Shinar, which we don't hear about much. Um, but we do hear about it some other places. Certainly it's not where the they Bible. make beer. No, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and for Texans, that's not where you make beer. Um, and so <laughs> the this though would be Shinar, which is mentioned in Genesis 11-2 uh, and, and also in Job, uh, but it is that area of Babylon and surrounding territory, and the people would be very, very aware of that. So they're carrying her off, carrying this, this wickedness, which is personified mm-hmm. by this woman in a basket. They're mm-hmm. carrying it off to Shinar, where there's a house being built for it, of all things. So... This crazy vision gets tied to very much the kind of happenings that we have been talking about in yes. Zechariah already. The reason that the people have returned is to rebuild. And then the center of that rebuilding project is rebuilding God's house, right. rebuilding the house. And that's the house where his presence dwells. So God's presence, that's the whole idea, will dwell in in, around, surrounding, having everything to do with the Ark of the Covenant, which stays in the Holy of Holies inside the Temple of God. And so keeping that thought in your head, then coming to this crazy vision becomes a little more understandable, Mm -hmm. maybe after you let it roll around for a little while. Because we have... Well, what we have here is this woman, which is wickedness personified. Yeah. That's the evil idea. Evil has a face. Yes. Yeah. If evil has a face, it's this woman. And this is not the first time we see evil personified that way throughout Scripture. Right. Um, it's
1: just a feminine word, and that's why it's personified as a woman.
0: Yeah, not because women are evil, no. mind you. I want to make that really, really clear. Uh, It's not that women are bad or evil or anything. It's because we've seen so many times in scripture when God has had an issue with his people. He's talked about them as a whoring woman who won't stay true to him, who won't stay close to him. In Proverbs, we talk about woman wisdom there, but we also talk about woman folly. and She's one who just wants to get people into trouble, lead them down bad paths, cause them to... to, uh, break their covenant with God and so we do Ezekiel 16 has some similar language about Israel itself at first God came and he raised them up and they stayed close to him but then as they got older they were beautiful and he married them and then they just went their own way and became this whoring woman and so it talks about him in really ugly language so we see that kind of woman imagery mm-hmm. personified here so she's a wicked woman and she's in this basket, so she's in a container.
1: Which I think is kind of interesting because evil often stays kind of hidden. Mm. We don't; it's always there. Yeah, but do we don't always see it just right out in the open? I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's just interesting. Actually, good point. Yeah, it would, doesn't doesn't always just manifest, make itself known. Obviously, yeah, looks very innocuous. Just a basket, right. just a simple basket. Uh, and it's got this leaden cover on it, which is an interesting I'm
1: happy that word. Happy, the leaden cover.
0: On yeah, it. in verse seven, <laughs> and behold, the leaden cover was lifted, and there was a woman sitting in the basket. And he said, "This is, whiskey, uh, this is wickedness." And he thrust her back into the basket and thrust down the leaden weight on its opening.
1: It's almost like so, she was trying to get out, right? And he battled her and got her back in. And
0: yeah, does. Sound I mean, low. he
1: definitely had the strength right, to, to, to overcome her. But, but it wasn't without a little bit of a struggle. It right,
0: sounds like there was some struggle, you know, a little, bit, a little push and shove involved. She wanted out. Um, that's what it sounds like, in, uh, especially in the Hebrew. And so, but this leaden cover is kind of keeping her uh, at bay. The interesting thing in the Hebrew is this leaden cover here in Hebrew sounds like kakarha the <laughs> okay. That's what the Hebrew sounds like, kakarha mercy seat which is the thing that sits on top of the ark of the covenant mm-hmm. that's the lid if you will to the ark of the covenant and which sits in the holy of holies all the time that is simply kapporeth so here i have the kapporeth and then the mercy seat is kapporeth mm-hmm. it would be very hard for the hebrew listener to miss the idea that hey I'm supposed to catch this play on words. So, what is happening here with a woman who is represents wickedness itself that dwells if you will inside this basket that's where it's that's where it's contained or its presence is contained inside the basket with a leaden cover words that sound very much like mercy seat which would be on top of the ark of the covenant and then when i see the ark of the covenant being carried in ezekiel it's being carried by two cherubim but when i see this uh, being carried along come these two ladies who uh who whose name sounds a lot like faithful ones. Uh, That's what it sounds like. Even stork, the idea of stork, the word, sounds a whole lot like Hasidim or faithful ones. Uh, And so here they are. They come along. They have these wings. So they look a little like cherubim. And they pick up this Basket just like the cherubs would pick up the ark and they fly with it, and they're flying off to, of all places, Shinar or Babylon, where there's a house being built. Just like they are building a house here to hopefully rehouse the it ark of the covenant, actually sounds like
1: it's a house being built for this basket.
0: Uh huh. Exactly. The mm-hmm. house sounds like it's being built for the basket. Absolutely. So be a house of house being built for wickedness itself. The basket's going to be taken there, sat down in its place uh, in that house in Babylon. So it's all sounds like when we think about it, that we we are kind of talking about an anti presence, if you will, an mm-hmm. anti-God presence inside an anti ark being taken to an anti-temple in anti-Jerusalem, which yes. is Babylon. That's yeah. what all this sounds like. Very right much
1: I, an opposite picture. Yep. Yes. And, and
0: I don't want to take all the credit for this. Anthony Peterson was one of uh, the guys I was reading that really let me in on this. Okay. But uh, the beauty of this is just astounding. We had already talked about, about how day. this
1: felt really opposite of what But Uh, it just, that gave even more. Really
0: put hands and feet on it. Yeah. So whenever we're looking at this though, really, really impressive stuff. And that they are uh, doing something, showing us a picture here that is very much the opposite of what's happening among God's Mm -hmm. people. And then God wants to rid his people of their wickedness. He wants to take it away uh, and remove it. And so that's a beautiful picture that's being
1: painted. Well, I love that The wind. Was in mm-hmm. their wings. Yes. Uh, that's Ruach. Yep. So that is spirit. Same spirit. Is uh, taking this basket away. hmm And um, that there's a place. When it says um, they will set the basket down. That's a very um, passive
0: mm-hmm.
1: form. So she doesn't have any control at all. Yes. It's being set down on a base. Right.
0: As if so it will stay stay there. Yes. That's
1: where it's going to stay. Yes. Because she has no power. Yeah. And I think that is part of the whole um part of the greatness of this passage too is that he is so showing Zechariah that evil has no power. Yes. God is in control. God has evil in his power. Yes. And even though it doesn't feel like that, Mm
0: -hmm. sometimes.
1: Um that he has all of this and it will be taken care of yes and so i think not just for these people coming back from babylon Mm -hmm. to jerusalem and building this temple yeah but for us today it's the same story and a message we really need to hear
0: yes for sure we do and we need to know that god is in control like that even now yes Um, and I just wanted to mention one more thing, which mm-hmm. is uh, ha- has to do with the fact that this is very much for us, too. We still build our temples to wickedness. I mean, the yes. era, though, the world is still building a temple to wickedness and worshiping there. That's what the world does. Mm-hmm. We are called to build a temple to God. Only the temple now, of course, is us. We are the living stones mm-hmm. that the temple is built out of. And
1: because and, he's built his temple uh, in us. Yes. It moves.
0: Yes, it moves. And can go all over. Exactly. Right. As he moves.
1: Evil can't. That's
0: right. Exactly. So the picture works for us too. This is very much a word about the way God works through his people in his temple now. Yes. So. Um, Beautiful, beautiful to these two great visions are here and just spend more time in them. I'm sure you'll find even more things uh, than we have brought
1: up. Yeah, um, we didn't get to talk about even the basket really is a picture of uh, it's a (laughs) word for measurement um, and how that plays into this. But maybe sometime we'll something you can dig out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, we are glad you joined us again and hope you're having have had great holiday season, uh, and we will look forward to joining you again in a few days. But God bless you all, and we will move into Zechariah chapter 6 next time. Thanks a lot. Hope you have a great evening.